0: 99% of the listeners would interpret you saying that you don't like the music, the worship, yep. in that particular and, and building. I, and I
1: know even as we talk about this, we're not like shattering anybody's glass ceilings here. People are like going, I've never heard a thought like this. These guys are anathema. You know, <laughs> exactly. I know this has been discussed, and yet I still hear it every week. Yeah. I hear it all the time. Do you hear it at work? All the time, yeah. I, I'm coaching people all over the world. I hear it all the time. Even people that are like well down the missional trail, and they're really starting to live like missionaries in all of life. That bad language still creeps in. And certainly I could forgive it. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, sure. that's, just, that's just habit. Except for, like you said, it leaks into other areas. That's just like, wait a minute, you're destroying worship if you make it a certain segment of a certain event at a wrongly stated place. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, now, what about, what about the rest of life? Is all of life not meant to be? Does it not get to be worship? Yeah. Hold well, not unless you're not singing. Like, no one would say that, but we say it.
0: Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, hey, guess what? This
1: episode is a pretty big deal. You know Why? We have just passed the seven-year mark on the Everyday Disciple podcast. Yeah, amazing. An episode every week on Monday for seven years. What a journey we've all been on. And if you've been with us from the beginning thank you. Keep listening. Keep sharing the podcast with others. And if you're a newer listener, well, welcome. Dive in. Dig deep. There are hundreds of episodes covering the widest range of topics and how the gospel speaks into all of them. It's all a part of life in the kingdom now, and in particular, living a lifestyle of discipleship. Awesome. Now, speaking of that, did you get registered yet for the upcoming Discipleship as a Lifestyle live virtual workshop. I'm going deep, going heavy into a whole lot of stuff, and I want you to be able to join us. Let me just quickly tell you a little bit about what's going on, and I know you're gonna wanna be a part of that. I'm gonna be teaching some of the most powerful and popular trainings that we do with the folks that we coach in Everyday Disciple Makers, and I wanna set that foundation to get you on the road to a lifestyle of discipleship right away. And so what we're going to do is we've broken it up into three major pieces. I'll be teaching through each of them with loads of Q&A in between. The first one is discipleship starts at hello training, okay? And you'll learn a practical working understanding of discipleship that's going to change how you see all of it, how you see evangelism, how you see what discipleship's really all about, and it's going to take a ton of the pressure off and give you some actionable handles right away. Then we'll do a bunch of Q&A, and then I'm going to get into building relational trust training, and you'll learn how Jesus moved his disciples from being sort of onlookers and kind of curious and what's up with that, to active disciples who went on to make more disciples. How do you build that level of trust that people will start to change their lives and their patterns? That, that's what we're going to get into. And again, you're going to have some immediate actionable stuff to do either during the workshop or immediately right after. I promise you, you really will. People we coach, they flip out on this training. And then third, we'll look at discipleship that fits every day everyday life. And we talk about that a lot in different ways here on the show. I'm going to give you sort of my premier level training on how to move discipleship out of the classroom and into the rhythms of life that you already live with your family, friends, friends from church, and all of that. Now there's going to be worksheets and there's a bunch of bonus videos that I'm going to send you as well as the replay. So the whole thing is a pretty cranking, amazing thing. It's only $37, but I even still will say, hey, I'm going to put a guarantee on it. If you do the training, you go like, man, that's nothing new or man, that didn't help me or whatever. Just drop me an email and I'll take care of you. All right. Not a big deal. I I don't want anybody not getting involved because they think that, oh man, I got ripped off. (laughs) All right. So I hope you'll join me for that. It's going to be amazing. I'm very, very excited about it. You can get registered right away by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash lifestyle. Take good care of you. So, okay. Now. Today, we're going a bit rogue with the episode's title, Why Jesus Wants Us to Stop Going to Church. Okay, before you get freaked out or you think we're getting on a soapbox, just keep listening. Why don't we unpack it for a few minutes where we're headed? We're going to convince you to stop going to church. Wouldn't that just be great? Like, we'll just line up, we'll pick it, we'll, you can go to our site, download like templates for signs, stop going to church, God <laughs> yeah. hates church.
0: Looks you know? like the Westboro Baptists kind of.
1: <laughs> Like our version of that, no. What we want to talk today about is to stop just going to church, like because that's such bad theology. You don't get to go to church. We are the church. I know that's not brand new for a lot of people. They're like, eh, I know, I know. I've heard you say it before. I've heard other people say it. You know, you are the church. Even little kids will say it. But, but we're going to talk about that today, because that's an identity issue, and that's huge. We can't really just go to church because we are the church. But unfortunately, uh, for a whole lot of Christians, they just go to church. Absolutely right. And it kind of ends there. They kind of check the box and some of them all do a midweek thing, small group or something, and some of them will even like set up chairs or hand out flyers and they're', they're rock stars.
0: yeah <laughs> well I hear, I hear it quite a bit like, hey, see you next week, right like the the rhythm of church is where're your family for an hour and 15 minutes and how do you like the back of my head? you know like... exactly. <laughs> yeah. well let's make a distinction from the very beginning of this podcast okay. because this is for a lot of people a bit of a touchy subject. I want to be clear, we're not bashing the traditional church by any means. Nope. However, we do want to talk about the church in the sense that the church is the people of faith, that it's it's a people more than it is a building you go to. Can you give some clarity into those distinctions? Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. It's
1: people. The church is people. It's always been people. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I've sent out even tweets trying to ask people when they thought this started, but when did all of a sudden a people group start being identified as a building we go to? Yeah. Or a network of buildings we go to, you know, i.e. in NAM. And so now we're identified as that. Like we don't do that within family. You know? Yeah. You don't do that within your job or any other relationship of friends. Like you don't call your bowling team the bowling alley.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. It's
1: like I'm gonna go be with our team. You know, we're like the blue devils or whatever, you know, like you know, we just don't do it. It's weird, it's bad semantics, but in our case, as the church, it's, it's I think it's a hurtful theology, in a sense, because we reinforce it thinking like, ah, eh, it's semantics, it means nothing. But then guess what? Our neighbors think what it means to be with Christ or be a Christian means you go to church. So it's reinforcing do to be. Yep. And then our kids, like, well, you're better if you go to church than if you don't, right? You're more loved by God. You're a better Christian if you go to church. Sure. Bad theology on top of bad, you know, doctrine, yeah <laughs> you know, bad gospel. So I think it really is... A distinction worth kind of hammering. Like, if you're listening to this and you're a pastor, you're a preacher, please don't, hey, we're glad you came to church today, you know, or we want to tell you how to, you know, we invite you to church, or like, please, like, lose that. That is that is core bad theology, and unfortunately, it reinforces like one of the biggest lies of the enemy, and that's that what we do equals who we are. Yep. So go to church makes you the church? Come on, no one would agree to that. Right, no one would say, "Oh, you go to church, you're a Christian." No, right? Who would say that? Yeah, no one would say. You that. know, I have a friend of mine. He said his grandfather went to church for thirty years, super involved in everything, made every picnic, set up chairs every week. Anytime there was a volunteer, you know, drive needed, whatever, hand in the air. Never once accepted Christ, submitted to His Lordship, fell in love with God, wow. received His forgiveness. Thirty
0: years, everybody assumed he's going to church. Yeah, he's he's got always it. here. Right? True story, you know. It is a bad semantic, but it is a very important semantic because it does define so much, you know, in the church that I Did you grow up going to church? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's time to go to church. It's time to go to church. Okay. And now we've replaced it with go to missional community. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh God, bad theology, new new language. Yeah.
0: But it does affect everything. As we said, even in the last podcast, I serve at a local church um, here in the Tacoma area, and it's a great church, part of a great Presbyterian denomination. But I even get into debates with semantics of of the the way we language our services it's the call to worship and some of those semantics are important because it's like the call to worship is or the order of worship is now you're actually stepping into worship and you're like no isn't all of life worship so some of these semantics are actually really important they leak into others they do like so we now we
1: call this worship and we call that sanctified and like Oh, I can't believe you said that in the church. Yeah. Well, should I say it out in the parking lot? Or if we go to Walmart, can I curse? Or like call yeah. you a knucklehead or what you know, you know,
0: Dividing up your life. Is yeah, just what's difficult. sacred,
1: what's not. It all leaks into it. And I think I think a lot of it started with calling the building the church, not people. yeah, And and starting to unpack our identity, our birthright, our privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now that words. just leaks into everything else. So now, oh yeah, well, I, I don't like the worship at that church. These could be the most worshipful people on the whole planet. They don't have good voices, I, you know, yeah. I don't, right? I don't know. You but know? isn't it
0: funny, like the context is even in you saying that sentence, 99% of the listeners would interpret you saying that you don't like the music, the worship yep. in that particular and, and building. I, and I
1: know even as we talk about this, we're not like shattering anybody's glass ceilings here. People are like going, I've never heard a thought like this. These guys are anathema. You know, <laughs> exactly. I know this has been discussed and yet I still hear it every freaking week. Yeah. I hear it all the time. Do you hear it at work? All the time, yeah. I, I'm coaching people all over the world. I hear it all the time. Even people that are like well down the missional trail and they're really starting to live like missionaries in all of life, that bad language still creeps in. And certainly I could forgive it. You know what I mean? Like, that's well, sure. just that's just habit, you know? Except for, like you said, it leaks into other areas that's just like, wait a minute, you're destroying worship if you make it a certain segment of a certain event at a wrongly stated place, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, now, what fade. about what about the rest of life? Is all of life not meant to be? Does it not get to be worship? Yeah. Well, not unless you're not singing. Like no one would say that, but we say it. You know. Yeah.
0: It, it's a slow fade. How it, it, the language changes everything, and over time, me and my wife go back and forth because she's like, oh, you're, you're harping on the same thing over and over." So, leaders, please unite. Like starting this week, tell
1: people: uh, you, if you came here this week, we're glad you're hanging out with the family. You
0: never get to go to church again.
1: <laughs> you right. never get to. Stop it. You know.
0: Okay, so this reminds me of a story that you uh, and I have had offline talking about your work in a large church in Illinois. And one of the things that started to mess with your mind was a concept of a few chosen people in ministry that would do the whole work of the ministry while the congregation just kind of sat there passively or just watching and waiting for the leadership to dictate what they're supposed to do. Was this God's hopes for growth and maturity of his people? <laughs> Was that God? So, yeah, I think
1: when Jesus was hanging on the cross, you know, he's like, Father, please forgive them for they don't know what they do. And he was looking forward to a group of people that would sit in rows Yeah, where just a very few quote unquote Christians did everything and everybody else kind of made it into a show. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, I don't <laughs> think that's necessarily what he was. He was probably talking about sin and forgiveness, but, for but sure. could it have been the whole thing, you know? Like, yeah. could he have been saying, Father, forgive them for where this might go? Great concept. Right. I never thought of that. <laughs> I just thought of it now. But, <laughs> but, but here's the, th- the thing. When, when I, I was fortunate to be a part of a large church, yeah. you know, like a lot of great people, a lot of great uh, teams and, and abilities and talents and giftings, man, sure. and resource, right? Poo- generous people, right? I was very gifted and blessed to be at that church. Yeah. And yet, yes, um, unfortunately, which I know it's not uncommon, a handful of, quote, paid staff were sort of employed to do most of the ministry, mm. right? And even though lots of people were invited in to be volunteers, there's a very, there was a very clear, you know, and it is, it's out there, there was a very clear distinction of kind of who's in charge and whose job stuff is. Yeah. And then the problem with a volunteer is, I do not feel like it. I don't feel like it. Yep. I guess I will. I don't think I want to. And what are you going to say? Well, he's just a volunteer. She's, she's volunteering her time. Yeah. So as long as you see someone's volunteer, then you also can't hold any kind of standard of quality or expectation or a yes being a yes. Sure. Well, they're just volunteers. Yeah, but she's always late. Mm. Yeah, but that's bad. Let your yes be a yes. No, the truth is, she's the church. This is her church. Yeah. Family, right? Absolutely. And any ministry going on, that's why when people say, like, you know what I don't like about this church, I'm like, wait a minute, you're pointing at yourself. Just whatever comes out of your mouth next. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I don't think. That god's design and plan and you just read the book of acts once even cursely you know just sure. like burn through it um his plan was never as evidenced by the church in acts and beyond uh was never that there'd be a few people that were kind of doing quote ministry while the rest of the people observed and tried to get their friends to come observe that and call that bringing them to church i just there's yeah. no way no one believes that and i don't think anybody listening to this podcast would go like wrong that was god's design. we'd get everybody to church no it's not. No one. I don't think anybody listening would disagree with that. Sure. And yet, so many of our listeners will probably spend most of this week, if they're on staff somewhere at a church, working out the program for the weekend, and they'll do exactly that. Yeah. And I want to call them to boldness. I want to call them to change. I want to call them to begin to be the church by how they live in their homes and in their family life and, and their language, because language mm-hmm. builds culture. Absolutely. Differently, like tomorrow, today, just decide to... Just like you know what I always called that a hammer. Turns out that's pliers. You know, like I'm not going to call it you know a hammer anymore because now I know it's pliers. Please don't call your church building church. Don't call your weekend service going to church, putting on church, doing church. No, it's not. That's the family of God. You're part of that family. Start to
0: use familial language. It, it will make a big difference. That'll be a huge shift. You know, it's fascinating too because even when you talk about volunteers, I'm fortunate to work in the church I'm at, and it's very different than anything I've ever been part of, and it's. Actually purified a lot of. My... Is that the
1: uh, church of what's happening now?
0: No. <laughs> Tacoma, <laughs> Washington? <laughs> Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma, <laughs> Washington. No, <laughs> no, but it, it's it's interesting to be able to step in and go. I had a very lone ranger approach to ministry, and it was like this is the this is my direction, and I want to get people to buy in. And I notice, man, the volunteers aren't buying in, and so I spent most of my time trying to energize the volunteers. And they weren't. They'll be excited if you see to see them, them as
1: volunteers, though. You're doomed already. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> part of the struggle in my life, and I'm sure this is the case for some listeners, is that you talk about a lot what it would be like to intentionally disciple one another into greater faith in Jesus, and this living in community together, and not going to church, but being the church, and and you even reference like the missional community kind of model. Isn't that a bit optimistic for Americans right now? Like, It's hard to make time for anything. Well, there again,
1: see, with, with bad theology and language, when we see the church as a building or a program, so it's something you go to, well, then like, sometimes I don't have time to go to it. Sure. But if you see it as something, like, like, I'll use the analogy, like, I know you have kids, right? So are you a father? Yeah, absolutely. Part of your identity. Are you a father only when you feel like it? No. You know, now sometimes you might not feel like parenting <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> or as efficiently, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. We all sometimes, you know, fall down on that job aspect, but, but fundamentally, are you always a father? Always. If I said to you like, well, how many hours a week do you put into being a father? Heath? Yeah. You'd say all of them. Every single one. Yeah. yeah. it just is right. And, and so there again, that breakdown of like go to church, another reason why it's important is, is, is when that breaks down then people vote on and off, like, well, I don't want to go to church or I don't like what they're doing this week. I don't like who's speaking. Or like, well, we're doing a special series. Or, you know, I didn't sign up to help, you know, with my small group for the next month, so I'm just going to take a month off because there's nothing for me to do, Sure. i.e., what am I getting out of it? And so, is it too optimistic? There again, I think, and, and I will talk a lot about this in, in every episode, is I think we are, the mission of the church is to make disciples. That's the only mission Jesus gave his church. And so, therefore, that's the only reason the church, and I'm talking the church's people, exist. We exist to fulfill that commission, to go and make disciples. And Jesus modeled and commanded it to be done a certain way, and that's in community. And so I don't think it's a bridge too far. I know it feels that way, but there again, a lot of that stems from bad theology, bad language, bad culture, bad ethos around church as an event, church as something you opt in and out of programmatically. Yep. And if you see yourself, though, as a family of missionary servants— and maybe a future episode will really unpack our identity in Christ. Yeah. If you see yourself as God's family of missionaries, like sent out to make disciples who make disciples, as we serve others and we both proclaim the gospel with words and deeds, Yeah. well, that's not. then that's who you are. That's identity. The church is our identity. It's part of that, right? We are God's family.
0: One of the things that's interesting is how, even as we're talking about how language matters and some of these nuances, it seems like the church of, today in 2016, about to be 2017. Um, Yeah, that's right. We're recording this just before the holiday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right (laughs) before. I guess we can admit that. So it'll be 2017 (laughs) by the time this comes out. Um, Even the concept of the methodology of evangelism is now, go out and get your friends to come to this church where the pastor... We'll deliver a message so he can... How's that working? Kind of, yeah, kind of see the deal, right? <laughs> How's that working out? Yeah, and so one of the things that is interesting is that modeling the life of Jesus, if we're actually doing it, we should actually have a load of friends that are far from God, but on some sort of journey of faith. And what I found was I was in a church for so long that I was disgusted when, I, when somebody actually questioned me about, like, man, you, you kind of don't love people really well. And I found out all of my friends were church people. If we're actually doing mission well... We would we would have friends on all different levels of this faith journey. Yeah, absolutely. If we're doing mission well and the mission is make
1: disciples, right? So we're filling the world with God's glory, like copies of Jesus. That's what that's the mission, right? For sure. Make disciples. Then yeah, we would we would as the church, as Christians, we would be out and about. We would be living a missionary lifestyle, trying to find all those who are far from dad, who who aren't, you know, they need a place at the table. They're not part of the family. They don't trust dad. Yeah. They don't necessarily trust his kids. Uh, they've re- they've gotten some bad press. Maybe some of it true, some of it not true, right? Sure. And so, but if we're serious as the church about the mission to make disciples, fill the world with God's glory, then we would be out and about. We would we would have to be because the you know Jesus said I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. Another yeah. way of saying that is I didn't come for those inside the family. I came for those outside the family. You know, in that sense. And I can remember just like you, I can remember being at that you know large church on staff. And all of a sudden it dawning on me like, hey, I don't have a I don't have a single friend who's not a believer. Like all my friends are believers. Now I could think back to like, oh, when I was in high school, I knew this one guy, yeah, he he Facebooked me the other day. And I'm not I'm talking about friends, you know? Yeah, sure. Like people you do life with and hang out with. Like I go to the game, you know, I go out and catch a beer. I like watch a movie. I we go, you know, movies with our wives or vacation. I didn't have a single friend who was a not yet believer. Wow. Non-Christian, you know and and guess what none of the staff did either there was a lot of staff and it dawned on me like wait a second if if the church exists to make disciples of the not yet yep and we're blessed to get to lead that this family as older brothers and sisters like be staff or even just leadership doesn't matter if you're paid or not um wouldn't we then have loads of not yet believers in our life like we, we, we should just be rock star disciple makers. Like, so as young families are coming to faith or coming to become a part of the church family that we're a part of, yeah. um, they'd go like, well, you want to learn how to live your life? You just hang out with Heath and his family. Like, and you're going to, you're going to see what it looks like to love Jesus and love people really, really well. Yeah. And the gospels gonna become real to you in your marriage and in your finances and you know, everything. Right. Yeah. And you're going to have one life integrated instead of like, well, when I go to church, I feel good. But then I don't like going to church because the church kind of, you know, whatever. No, you hang out with Heath. And a lot of his other friends are on this journey, and you're going to learn You're going to learn a lot about who God is in Jesus, and you're going to fall in love with him, too. I yeah. guarantee it. But instead, we don't have that. We've got a few professionals who perform sure. the services, the goods and services on Sunday or midweek or whatever, and then largely, because they're so stinking busy with it, they hardly have any not-yet-believing friends who are richly a part of their life that they're moving along the faith journey from unbelief to belief. Yep. And and our listeners are going to hear me say that a lot cuz discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in absolutely every area of life. Yep. So if we're the leadership of these families, yep, these churches, then we should just have loads of not yet believing
0: people on their faith journey joining us on ours. Yeah, I love what you said there because you know, Jesus was always teaching I think you had mentioned a while back like his method was not I'm going to teach and then invite you into my life. It was Come watch how I live. Come hang out. Yeah, we're gonna do normal things together. Come follow me, right? Yeah. yeah, but I had found most of my schedule doesn't allow for me to even have I mean, there's things six nights a week, and rather than going and actually hanging out with somebody who's on a faith journey, I've Yeah. I have something that's a Christian alternative that is not interesting to them at all. And the equivalent of that would have been
1: um Jesus insisting that he be at the temple twenty four seven when he was awake. You know, he just right? Yep. And um or at a synagogue or something on Capernaum and then anybody he ran into that didn't have faith well that's where you're going to have to hang with me mm. instead of like well hey but i, I could really use some eye, eyesight here yeah well i could i can heal you at the second service you know <laughs> yeah. right you know or like i'm freaking starving you know we're really hungry there's thousands of us well s- show up at our Easter service cuz we're planning on you know yeah. some baskets you know it was most like, of his
0: miracles were on the way to Somewhere in in fact, there yeah. are many people that would make that case. Heath, as you know,
1: and I'm sure our listeners have heard of some of this, is that the "Go and make disciples" passage in Matthew 28 is actually "As you go, make disciples." Huh. And the process that 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 term "make disciples" implies a process, a lifestyle, a yeah. reproducible way of doing that that we get to have yeah. instead of the serendipitous. I'll fit it in when I can. And 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 see now I'm getting now I'm getting on my soapbox a little because because we don't believe we're the church. And we've got a weird identity around that and church becomes a program or a place. Well, then we also don't understand the mission. And so therefore we don't understand discipleship and therefore we turn it into a program. And so now discipleship's reduced to like a series of classes, a set of events yep. and something that I choose to participate in or not versus no, that's my identity. I'm a disciple. And guess what? Disciples make disciples. Yeah. And so see how it just keeps dripping? Yeah. If you, if you go to church... <laughs> And you think that's what you're supposed to do, and you don't get your identity. It starts to leak all the way down through worship, through the mission, through discipleship. And now we vote in and out, and we turn discipleship into a program we turn on and off instead of a lifestyle. Yep. And and I think it's it's unfortunate, and it's why we're seeing some of the results we are of, of the you know the church emptying out. Uh, even those who kind of are regular attenders, as they would be called. Sure. Most of them are not discipled.
0: They would they would. And so in turn, they don't know how to disciple. That's been my push with pastors lately. Is like. The end result is not just that you've communicated a a biblical passage and cleared that up for your listeners, but that you're actually training them how to make disciples in all of life. But most of the people in our congregations don't know how to make disciples. They're not teaching that at seminary. Yeah, exactly. And most churches aren't teaching it.
1: But then I'm going to put the pressure on you as a pastor, get that done. Yeah. How? Well, I'm busy with the program, so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Hey, as always, uh, we like to close with what we call the big three, and these are either Three pieces of advice or action steps or some things we can get to right away. And so, Caesar, I'm going to ask you what the big three are for this week. And uh, I should just preface it that you don't need to sit and stop what you're doing and take notes. We've actually gotten them all written out for you. And you can get a free download of the big three for this week by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. You'll get the notes for the big three this week. And we're actually going to send a copy of Caesar's free ebook, Be the Church.
1: Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, please do. So uh, a little while back, my friend Seth... McBee and I, uh, we created an ebook called Be the Church, and it's 10 conversations around 10 key identity things that we need to learn. And Seth has this knack for drawing really simple uh, diagrams, drawings that are sometimes a bit funny, but they really crystallize like a lot of content, mm-hmm. right? And so what we did is we took those 10 sort of like discipleship for dummies <laughs> sort yeah. of topics. He he drew drew up something that crystallizes that, and then we created a conversation around it where like two people might be engaged in to help articulate sort of the core essence and why that's so important in a real normative like a conversation. So uh, the Be the Church ebook's free, it's and cool. oh my gosh, man, tens of thousands of these have been downloaded. People love it, and pe- people can get not only the ebook but they can get all the drawings and download. We'll send everybody that if they'll go ahead. And go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. So yeah, they'll love great. it. We'll give you the we'll give you the big three notes and we'll give you that ebook. We'd be happy to. All right. On that topic, Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Okay, yeah. So here's the big three. First, number one, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we might start going to church once in a while on Sundays. We gotta believe that. That that's not his goal. Like he he did not this whole thing of God sending his only son to to love us and die in our places. So that our sins would be forgiven, we could have a life with God was not so that we could start to go to church, you know, once a week or something. And by the way, it wasn't so that we would avoid hell either. That's a byproduct of being in Christ. Okay. Another episode. Second, so you gotta believe that. You gotta just settle that in your heart. Secondly, Jesus' command was not invite people to your church. Hmm. Or it wasn't or plant great churches and have great worship services. It was to make disciples. And so if you're, if you're a Christian, you're a disciple. Yep. Now, we might not be doing great at it. We might suck at discipleship. We may have never engaged it. We may have never been discipled, but it's part of your true identity. And God loves us the same. He knows we're right where we're at. But that's my second of the big three is the command was to make disciples. And, and you, you got to have some intentionality for yeah, that to be reality. Sure. And then third is if you're a Christian, you are the church. That's an identity thing. So that's kind of the overarching umbrella of the whole episode. If you're a Christian, you are the church, you are a disciple. That's an identity thing. It's true of you, and it is your mission to make disciples. And so that little simple thing, the takeaway is stop going to church. Stop calling it going to church. Stop telling your kids we got to go to church. Break that language and start to embrace the identity of family. Helpful, right? Our gospel identity leads to how we live, not the other way around. And that's the most natural and free way to be. I hope today's episode helps you with that. Now, don't forget to join me for our upcoming Discipleship as a Lifestyle live virtual workshop. Be sure to register right away. Go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash lifestyle and we'll save you a seat. Okay, well, thanks for being here today. Next week, we're gonna talk about how to beat the fear of rejection immediately. It's something that all of us have dealt with and maybe continue to deal with in life. I hear about it so, so much from people in community with us and that we're discipling and coaching and all that. But were we meant to deal with all of that alone? We're going to be looking at some simple tips that you can put into place to allow you to start conquering
0: your fears. I hope you'll join us for that. I'll talk to you soon.